Alongside Ben McKee, I'm Austin Price for the VolQuest.com mini-podcast Instant Reaction. Tennessee Falls at Florida, 38-14 on Saturday. Ben, Tennessee made some plays in the first half. They had a 14-10 lead uh, you know, at, you know, at one point in the first half, and then things just kind of slowly unraveled. You know, Florida started making plays really easily. Um, you know, the, the opening drive of the second half, where Florida just went down and just, I mean, made it look like it was routes on air in a lot of ways. Um, I thought it really kind of set the tone for the second half. And then the the drop on fourth down to Jimmy Callaway um, really kind of ended Tennessee's uh, chances of trying to make a second half comeback, in my opinion. Yeah, just uh, another game of missed opportunities, very similar to the Pittsburgh game, just uh, a much different competitor this Saturday. And it all, go, it all goes back to that last drive of, of the first half when uh, Hendon Hooker is, is able to move the offense down the field and there was some questionable clock management that uh, Josh Heupel held himself accountable for after the game saying uh, that he wanted to keep Tennessee going up-tempo in that situation and uh, he regrets that decision and, and was kind of surprised by how quickly the referees were, were spotting the football which obviously led to some more clock coming off of, or some more time coming off of the clock but uh, regardless Tennessee does a good job of getting down uh, in scoring position and Chase McGrath misses a, a 47-yard field goal and then you open the second half with with Florida just marching down the field so easily like you pointed out and, and then you come back on offense and once again the offense is is moving so so well down the field and you, you have a fourth and, and medium situation and Jimmy Callaway drops a wide open pass over the middle of the field that he definitely would have picked up the first down on and he probably would have scored a touchdown if he could have made made a guy miss so that's that's 10 points right there and, and you're looking at a, a totally different ball game so to me it was just a, another game of missed opportunities yeah and that's something Tennessee fans are tired of you know hearing about missed opportunities they're tired of hearing about you know uh, moral victories that's they've done this for a decade um, you know now I do think that what this staff is facing uh, with the, the investigation hurting recruiting with all the kids that have went to the transfer portal with all of that stuff that has went on over the last you know nine months that it is a little bit of a different scenario than what you know other Tennessee staffs have faced but at the same time you know they, they put their kids in position to make some plays tonight they schemed up some ball plays and you know they executed a few but not enough yeah the the drops were the biggest thing in my opinion or I guess technically you should say the the penalties uh, 10 for 85 and uh, the, the penalties become even more frustrating when you look at the box score and you see Tennessee did not turn it over a single time tonight and, and Florida was actually minus one in, in the turnover margin because of the Alante Taylor forced fumble. Uh, so you, you, you would love to see that pay off, but it, but it couldn't because Tennessee had 10 penalties for 85 yards and uh, just stupid penalties. Yet again, Jimmy Holiday uh, ejected for targeting in the midst of uh, kick-catch interference on the punt return and then uh, there was a personal foul against uh, William Mohan uh, or unsportsmanlike conduct. Don't really know what happened there, but Florida goes from having the ball on the 20 to 30 yard line to having it on, on the 40 on the other side of the field, and uh, it, it didn't, you know, pay off in a score for Florida because Alante Taylor forced that fumble. But uh, if if you don't commit those penalties, maybe the defense gets off the field quicker, and Hendon Hooker and the offense has more time to operate the the two minute four minute drill. So. Uh, the, the penalties are, are just maddening, and it's something that Tennessee has to, to fix 
in a hurry because the, the plays were there to be made tonight. The, the drops were, were maddening. Josh Heupel said that he did not anticipate the drops based off of what he has seen in practice. So you el eliminate the drops, and you, you eliminate the penalties, and, and this is the fourth quarter game, and, and they better eliminate those those issues quick because they have to win these next two games. Yeah, the next two really kind of spell the season because yep. if they win at Missouri and then win at home against South Carolina, that gets them to four and two. Um, and, and, you know, with South Alabama and Vanderbilt, a woeful, woeful Vanderbilt team that got <laughs> just hammered today by Georgia, um, you know, left on the schedule. So that should get them to six. And so then you got a couple of, you know, a game against Kentucky that's winnable. But Tennessee's got to win these next two. Um, Missouri lost earlier today uh, at Boston College um, in, in overtime, 41-34. Uh, uh, this is a Missouri team that's coming home. Um, they're very beatable if you're Tennessee, but you don't know the health of this football team. Hendon Hooker exited the game. Joe Milton came in. Um, still way too many overthrows. Um, you know, it, it, it's it, that, that part of it. I just don't know if you can fix that at this point. I mean, it kind of is what it is. Um, you know, but it's pretty clear that, you know, if, if Hendon won't go next week or is not able to go next week, it will probably be Joe Milton, at least in my opinion at this point. Um, you know, and then Cooper Mays. I mean, like Cooper came back tonight, Ben. You know, I thought really, you know, helped, you know, the offensive line because I think it just made them stronger across the board, moving Carvin back to guard, having Cooper at center. Um, then he kind of bangs that and re-injures that angle in the second half and you know that that's you know that's going to be a big blow if he can't go in these winnable games the next two weeks yeah the running game looked much better tonight and it was part jabari small getting back and, and breaking off some nice runs tyon evans looked great when when he had the ball in his hands had the the long touchdown to start the scoring for tennessee tennessee's first touchdown of the game on a third down on a, on a screen uh, got upfield quickly and was off off to the races but uh, you, you had Tyon Evans, Jabari Small making plays, and uh, Cooper Mays back at center, Jerome Carvin back at guard. The offensive line looked better, so uh, Tennessee's going to need some some luck here in, in terms of the injury bug. Because even aside from learning that Milton's the guy next week, if if Hendon Hooker can't go, I think we also learned at quarterback that Hendon Hooker needs to be the quarterback uh, going forward. I, I don't know that I, I would be messing around with with starting Joe Milton and, and hoping that he can figure it out because oh, Hinden, I, to me, Hendon Hooker is definitely your quarterback yes. unless unless you know he can't play. Yes, you know he, he made enough injury. plays tonight. I mean, is he perfect? No. I mean, he had. A really bad, you know, because he was had the, the guy almost draped all over him when he threw it to, to Jacob Warren. Right. But that was a, that was a big miss, and then obviously, you know, the receivers had their drops. But uh, you know, Hendon just gives you versatility. He's able to make some plays with his legs, um, you know, and, and then made enough plays with his arm tonight. You know, I think if you're Tennessee, you you feel like okay, we we can build off of this. Yep, I, I thought Hendon Hooker looked good tonight. Did did he look great? No. Is he the perfect quarterback? No, but I, I thought he looked good. I, I think he's the best option, and I, I think it's pretty clear that he's the best option uh, just with his arm and, and with his legs and, and the veteran savvy that he brings. And I, I was kind of puzzled by the end result of the, the penalties because I, I thought for the first quarter and a half, really the first 25 minutes out of those first 30 uh, that, that make up the first half, I thought Tennessee handled the crowd noise really well. They did. Uh, I thought they handled the communication well, and then it, it just fell apart there, uh, that last possession. And I, I think part of that is the, the veteran savvy that Hendon Hooker brings to the table. I, I think the biggest issue tonight was just not 
containing Emory Jones. I, yeah. I've never been really I, high on Emory Jones, but he, he lit Tennessee on fire tonight. Well, over almost about 150 yards rushing, um, and I didn't see the final stats. I know he was at 138. Over 200 passing. Over 200 passing, first Florida quarterback to do it since Tim Tebow, and he and Tebow were the only <laughs> two to do it in the last 25 years um, to have over 200 yards passing and uh, over 100 yards rushing in a game. Um, yeah, Tennessee just couldn't contain him. I mean, how many times did he slip out the backside? I mean, it, they just were they were very poor on defense in that regard. And I was surprised by that because you've got some some older guys that that can set the edge with Caleb Tremblay, Jaquan Blakely, Matthew Butler. Those are guys that understand the fun, fundamentals of setting the edge and, and containing the quarterback. Jaquan Blakely raved about the importance of doing so when he spoke to us earlier this week. So that that was a little surprising to me. And uh, Emory Jones looked like a, a Heisman contender tonight. It, it was easy for him throwing the football, easy for him running the football, just uh, just again made it made it real easy and, and didn't really have much resistance from the Tennessee defense. And I, I will say in the second half, Tennessee's defense was gassed. A couple of three and outs there from Tennessee's offense put them in some bad spots and you had guys trying to tap out on their helmet to, to get out of the game. They were gassed there at the end. Yeah, you know, Brent and I talked about it on the two-minute drill. I was surprised they did not get Christian Charles, who played early in this football game when Trayvon Flowers came out for a few plays. Um, he and, and Tamario McDonald more run in the second half when Tennessee was – when, when the game was out of reach. You right. know, that last seven or eight minutes, I, I would have played as many young kids as you can just because you're going to need them. I mean, you know, you have kids dropping like flies. They need to continue to build depth. Yeah. And, and uh, Jalen I, I think those guys will be very important going forward. And yeah, McCullough is just—he—he's struggling right now, and, and, and we'll see if Tennessee decides to go uh, in a different direction at safety. But I know one thing about Willie Martinez—he's big on on older guys. He's big on experience and trust. And if he can't—if he doesn't feel like he can trust any of those younger guys yet, they're not going to play. Yep, that's right. Because you saw Christian Charles give up a first down on a slant over the middle of the field on, on a fourth down play. I can't remember the yardage, but uh, Christian Charles got beat there one-on-one, -on -one, and I, I think that's the last we saw of Christian Charles. And Tamarion McDonald looked like he maybe could have picked off a pass there, and, and I don't really remember seeing uh, McDonald back in there after that play either. So that, that speaks to what you bring up about the trust factor. It's Tennessee and it's Florida. It is a 38-14 to win for the Gators. Tennessee will be on the road again next week. It's a noon Eastern, 11 a.m. local time, kick in Columbia, Missouri. He's been McKee. I'm Austin Price. That's it from here in Gainesville.